You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent, and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. Randy Birdsong and Nate Hosey, hosts of Headhunters TV, are on the show. We discuss where the name came from, type of land they focus on for hunting, the type of hunting they prefer, what their archery setup looks like, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to Tales from the Field, presented by Outdoor Edge. Stories, tips, tactics, and in-depth conversations coming to you from industry leaders. Let's get into the show. Today, we have Nate and Randy with Headhunter TV on the podcast i'm your host zach harold uh really looking forward to this one we've already been uh i've already been listening to some banter and maybe joining in a little bit uh really looking forward to having nate and randy on the podcast uh how you guys doing today hey appreciate you having us zach yeah we're glad to be a part we're doing good how you doing uh you know i i i could probably talk hunting more than most people want to listen. So <laughs> it's uh it's it's good to have have a podcast where I have obviously multiple guests cuz then it's not like my wife where she gets sick of hearing me talk about it, you know. 
you can talk to somebody else for a while. I like it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, real quick, why don't why don't you guys just uh, uh, introduce yourselves and maybe share how how you two got started in the partnership uh, with Headhunters? Because obviously, as both of you know, it's it's not like you can just just have somebody and then literally build a business and spend X amount of time with him because you just, you know, like being, being in camp with somebody uh, and being in there all day and then hunting with them and then there at night and all that kind of stuff. Like you have to obviously be able to get along. So we, we fight, we're, we get into a fight at least three to four times a week (laughs) and, and I never lose. And I never <laughs> lose. <laughs> it's uh no, it's pretty crazy though, like talking about ourselves uh, and how we got how we got started and how we met. I don't know, Hosey likes to tell everybody we met on farmersonly.com, but uh, <laughs> the, the the real the real the real story is is we were both we were both pretty young and uh working working kind of part-time in the industry with, with different companies. Hosey was working for Hunter Specialties, running cameras, some for them. And at the time, I was doing some stuff um, in front of a camera and behind the camera, both for Whitetail Freak with Don and Candy Kiske. Okay. And that's kind of how we uh, how we were both doing stuff for them and actually met at uh, the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania sports show. Huh. Hosey was there with, with Jeff, and, and I was there with Don and Candy, and, and we met, and it was my last year of college and I kind of had an idea to do something and, and had always wanted to do something kind of on my own ran into Hosey and him and I become friends and just luck would have it that same year. We ended up at a lot of different, uh, or at the same trade shows and just got to be even better friends and kind of kicked around the idea and said, man, let's, uh, we're both at a point in our life where, you know, we can take some risks. So, heck with it let's freaking go and uh here we are 10 years later somehow still getting along most of the time <laughs> getting along better you know what i mean now we're like brothers you know back then like randy said you know there were two options for me it was either you know be a part of what randy had which he knew he wanted me because i was, was either that or i was going to be cast in probably a new rambo movie once i got rid of sylvester stallone so first i was like i gotta pick him up i gotta scoop this guy up immediately but no, we became great friends. And like you said, you know, it's honestly Headhunters TV has been such a blessing for all of us involved because, you know, we're basically with the same crew that, that started, you know, and uh, for the most part. And uh, like you said, I mean, it, it's a blessing to be able to do this show, represent the outdoor industry and, and the sport that we all love so much and grow it. You know, I mean, I think when we both started, we never wanted to go out and say, well, we want people to watch our show because we're great hunters. You know, the reality was we wanted people to watch our show because we loved hunting, not because, you know, we were thinking we were anything better than anybody else. We just want to go out and promote the sport that we all love and share hunt stories, share hunting camp, and, uh, you know, just get to promote hunting and God's creation. So Headhunters has given us that platform and all the partners we blessed to be with, and uh, it's something we're always thankful for and appreciate it. Yeah, that that's awesome because I – you know, I have obviously a few good friends out there where it's, I, I don't know, you know, you go on a hunt with them once and just things just kind of come together and it's, and you can give each other all the hell in the world, but it's all fun and games, you know, <laughs> it's all fun and games until somebody no shoots the deer you wanted to shoot. And then, then it, then things start getting real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, what, when you very first conceived of, uh, you know, Headhunters TV, uh, one, I mean, what, where, what were the thought processes behind choosing a name? Uh, that's probably one of the, the biggest things that I think people get hung up with on any type of business or adventure or whatever else is they think that the name or, or slogan or whatever has to be perfect. And I mean, it's, it's kind of tough to just finally be like, yep, this is what we're going to name it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it is tough, man. Like anytime I think that you look at a name or, you know, a brand, um, so to speak, like I, I think that you, you almost have to think brands whenever you're thinking of a name, you know, and that's kind of like what we did with, with headhunters is kind of had the name picked out. They're like, okay, well, we got a name. How do you build a brand? And uh, one of the most critical parts of the brand is, is your logo. And uh, we got lucky enough. And I feel like, you know, we wanted to be, we wanted to have a unique brand, but we didn't want it to be necessarily unique just to the hunting side. Uh, we wanted it to be catchy enough and, and, you know, by the way it looked and the way it sounded to where it could get, you know, utilized on different products uh, and stuff like that. So whenever we kind of sat down and started working on that, that's what we strive for. And I feel like our brand is a pretty unique and uh, eye-catching, you know, brand logo and, and as well as the name. So, it is it is tough though because I mean like you said I mean when you sit down and you really you can almost overthink it to a certain extent and it's at the end of the day you know there's so much stuff that's been done it's hard to be unique right. and uh, you know we definitely we definitely didn't want to just blend into the hunting scene and that's kind of like if you look at our logo for headhunters you, you know if you didn't know what it was it, it's a cool looking logo but you wouldn't necessarily associate it with the hunting side of things. You know, a lot of people have antlers in their logos or skulls or anything else, and you can make some cool stuff of that. But we just wanted to do something a little bit different and a little bit more unique than that. Yeah, I think you guys definitely uh, – I think you definitely pulled it off. I mean, I, ha- I obviously have it pulled up here, and I'm looking at it. And, uh, you know, one thing that, that I'll just kind of – play off of for sure is is the the desire and and the need to be slightly different right um and my gosh have ha- have antlers and skulls been overused in logos like yeah you guys definitely took the oh, right yeah. route <laughs> and we uh you know we come in at the same we come in basically at the same time in the same era as bone collector you know and uh, Bone Collector is one of the most recognizable and, and best brands out there in the hunting side of things. I mean, everybody knows who Bone Collector is, and they kind of took that they kind of took that skull route and had already ran with it. So, you know, the last thing that we wanted to do was come in behind that and try to, you know, try to do something that was a copycat or or something similar to that because, you know, obviously you don't want to be competing with that brand. Those guys are great friends of ours. They do a great job, and uh, they, you know, they, they've done they've done some of the best work in the business as far as building a brand around the logo. Yeah, that is, that is for sure. They, uh, they have, they have definitely put in, uh, time research and everything in between, because like you say, they're, they're, they're extremely well known. Um, Absolutely. With, uh, so 
with with your guys' hunting, uh, do you what would you say your primary focus is? Um, you know, are you hunting multiple states for and kind of focusing mostly on whitetail? I know you mentioned before the recording started that you guys are headed to Wyoming, which is awesome. Um, if you guys have time, I would be more than happy to barbecue up some elk backstrap for you. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. That hey, awesome. I ain't passed up. You can you can look at me and tell I ain't passed up too many meals in my life. <laughs> Oh, but, but I guess in all seriousness, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to, to juggle everything that hunting season throws at you. Um, especially with hunting multiple states, hunting multiple species, getting film permits, all the above, right? So what, what is your guys's kind of process to doing that? And what is your, what is your main focus as far as animals goes? Man, I think I think first and foremost to kind of hit on what Hosey, you know, talked about earlier is like we never really come into this thing going, all right, well, you know, we're the best whitetail hunters in the world, or we're the best elk hunters, or the best turkey hunters, or whatever. Like we literally come in and wanted to show people, man, these guys freaking love to hunt, and they don't care what they're hunting, they love it. And I think that's kind of that's kind of transitioned and, uh, you know, shown in our show over the years, just for the fact that, you know, if, if I had to put, you know, my thumb on, Hey, what do you guys do the most of? I mean, we probably show more whitetail hunting on the show than what we do anything else. But at the same time, I mean, Hosey will be the first to tell you, I mean, he don't like the turkey hunt much. He usually hunts, you know, 90, 100 yeah. days a year or something like that for the turkey. So, <laughs> You know, he's not big into it or anything, but <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of that never gets shown. A lot of that never gets shown on the show because with our show, you know, primarily airing new episodes third and fourth quarter, we're pretty much showing big game hunting. We'll do, you know, a waterfowl episode here and there, you know, maybe a turkey episode. But the majority of stuff that we do on the show as far as new shows is big game hunting, whether it's elk, you know, deer, primarily whitetail. Um, just because, you know, the majority of the hunters across the country, you know, there's more whitetail hunters than there is anything. So, um, and we love to whitetail hunt. I mean, we're, I'm in the Midwest here, Hosey's in Pennsylvania, which has the most licensed hunters of, of any state in the country, but just kind of getting, getting back to it. I mean, at the end of the day, we just freaking love to hunt and it doesn't matter if we're hunting in front of the camera for TV if we're at home on the weekends because we got two days off, we laugh all the time because we travel and we go as hard as anybody in the industry as far as during hunting season and traveling. And it's, it's, it's kind of comical because, you know, we'll be on the road for, you know, 20, 25 days stretch and we come home and we've got two days to be at home. And, you know, it's in October. Well, instead of just hanging out at the house or going to the water park or, you know, going down, you know, doing something with with somebody you know friends or whatever i mean we're we're out there hunting i mean we're 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 going on our own whether we got a camera or not just because we freaking love it and right. that's you know that's 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 i can sum it up gotcha yeah i agree uh, i agree with everything you said <laughs> which is a rare thing which is a rare thing but it just happened <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh wits <laughs> That's awesome. Um yeah, I I think I think 
you know, that's probably one of the better ways to get to go about, uh, you know, having a TV show and everything like that. Because I think to your point, if there if there were a TV show out there that that maybe the person was doing it for um or two just to be on TV. I think that would probably really show obviously in their in their footage and in their in their end product and probably make it a heck of a lot less desirable to watch because as you know when when somebody's passion is what's exuding um everything is just everything's more real and it's just in the end of it it's just a lot more fun to to watch, you know. 8 miles deep on horseback. Wall tents in September, chasing elk with archery equipment. That is what dreams are made of. Outdoor Edge is giving away a free Colorado elk hunt. To enter the drawing, go to OutdoorEdge.com and click on Elk Hunt Giveaway. Again, that is OutdoorEdge.com and click on Elk Hunt Giveaway. Now, let's get back to the show. Oh, absolutely, man. We uh, we were in Wisconsin a week or two ago, and... Uh, you know, one of one of our good friends, Michael Waddell, like we were talking about a while ago, Bone Collector, him and I and Hosey had a conversation about that same thing. And, you know, a lot like what Michael's done in his career over the years, kind of the same thing that we've done. I mean, if you look at 10 seasons of Headhunters, I can count on one hand how many, you know, giant deer, giant elk that we've killed in 10 seasons. But we're a, we're a, we're a show that's 10 seasons in. So, you know, obvious, obviously we've had some success in what we've done, but that success has not come from feeling like and showing that we've got to shoot giant animals every single week of the show, but you can guarantee it doesn't matter what we shoot. If we shoot 110 inch whitetail in the Midwest, you can tell by watching that we were genuinely pumped up and excited to shoot that deer. And I think that's more important these days than anything else is just be real in whatever you do. It doesn't, you don't have to go out there and shoot a booter every time you, you know, every time you go to the tree, it's like, I, I feel like sometimes it, it's got so misconstrued that way that it, it's honestly taking the fun out of it for a lot of people that's hunting because at the end of the day, let's face it, none of us can relate to that. You know I mean? Right. If, if, unless, you know, unless you have 10,000 acres in Southern Iowa, you know, it's going to be hard to consistently shoot Boone and Crockett deer. It, it just, that's just a fact. And you don't, have to, you don't have to shoot, you don't have to shoot Booners consistently to have fun. I can tell you, I've hunted a lot of states and I've hunted as much as anybody over the years. And I've got one on my wall, but I can tell you every one of them that I got on the wall was just as fun as that one. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I agree with what he said. You know, I, as I'm sitting here talking to you, you know, I'm looking at, spikes and three pointers and four pointers and pictures of my grandpa that I have in my basement here in my man cave. And it's like hunting for me and, and has never been defined by anything other than to go out there and respect the animals we chase, respect God's creation and just enjoy it. I don't get caught up. Uh, like Brandy was saying, we never get caught up in the idea of what does a deer or an elk or a turkey have to be, you know, a hunt success, uh, doesn't have to do with punching a tag. It has to do with your enjoyment. So whatever that may be, if you're fortunate enough and the Lord blesses you, you get to punch a tag, great. But, you know, the idea that an animal defines a successful hunt has never been in my mind. You know, I look back at so many of these deer that I shot back in the day when they were legal in Pennsylvania, you know, back in the, you know, when I was 
12, 13 years old, you know, first getting hump white tails with my grandpa, I'd give anything to go back and shoot that spike with my grandpa again, just to share the woods with him again. You know, now granted he's watching from the best seat in the house up above us now with the good Lord, but you know, hunting is about heritage. It's about memories. It's about respecting the animals you chase and respecting the sport, you know, to define it as anything else other than going out there and just enjoying it for all the pureness it is, I think is a discredit to what hunting is supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So with, with all that, um, and, and all of us being on the same page at the end of the day, you guys still have to have enough footage to produce a show. Um, Typically, I, I don't know, obviously, I, I don't own my own show, so I don't know what ratings look like, so I don't know if ratings are better when you when you shoot an animal as opposed to not, but how, how do you guys, um, how do you guys mitigate the stress that, that comes with needing to get certain things on camera in order to make a TV show? Um, how do you mitigate that so that you still remain uh, with you know, having fun as, as the top priority. Does that make sense? Well, Hosey will tell you first off that, I mean, I don't, I don't have any stress at all. I, I oh, never, goodness. I've, <laughs> Unbelievable. I've never, I've never stressed a day in my life. <laughs> if our show wasn't on an outdoor channel, it could be on Lifetime. If you just followed him around with like the daily stresses of life, <laughs> you know I mean? like, it, like we'd be on a Lifetime channel as well. But, no, I think like, you know, like Randy said, you know, I, I think we balance each other out well, because I think on the other end of that, Randy would tell you that I probably don't stress enough, you know, and I just, <laughs> I think we, I think we balance each other out well, because like I said, I mean, I think that for me, with what we do, as I said earlier, we consider this an amazing blessing. And I know Randy looks at it the same way. Well, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Hosey, they'd have to lock me in a padded, a padded room at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight jacket. Um, but it's like one of those things for me, like I absolutely love hunting with all my heart and soul. Now, we are fortunate to do this for a living. However, the day that I would go out and hunt and not be having fun and not enjoying it, I'm telling you right now, live on this podcast, I would walk away from doing that because it. I would never taint it with the idea of what you know, of ruining it with stressing. When I go out and when I hunt, I want my vibe to be pure. I want to, you know, yeah, you have the, the want like, okay, well, we got to perform. We got to do this. However, that comes from just hunting hard. And we do that. Not every hunt is going to be successful as far as punching a tag, but every hunt can be successful. And you're out there, you're trying. And that's what viewers, in my opinion, when I watch a television show, that's what I want to see. I just want to see what's real hunting you don't go out there every time and kill something you know and that's okay they have to win they win most of the times and that's a good thing that's what makes it so enjoyable and why we give them the utmost respect is because they are better than us most days but every now and then we succeed but if it was not fun the day that i stress too much when i'm hunting i'm not doing that anymore i'll go work somewhere else and just hunt for fun because that's what i love i love hunting and i won't taint it with the idea of stressing while i'm hunting you know what i mean yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. I, because like you say, uh, as as soon as it's it's just stressful, then why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, there's there's things to stress about in life. Whether I shoot a deer or not isn't one of them. 
<laughs> you know, like that, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to go out there and give it my best and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. And if they win, okay, we'll see what happens I, in round two. We'll try it again. And I think the flip side of that is too, is like, I, you know, I agree with Hosey as far as on the hunting side, because for me, like for me, it's not the hunting side that creates the stress. It's, it's where the industry really, I mean, honestly, it's where the industry has gotten to that, that is the only stressful part because the fact of the matter is, is 10 years ago when we started this thing, you know, you could, you could pick up a video camera, you could go on a hunt and literally while you were there, the only thing you had to worry about was hunting, you know, and, and whatever happened, happened. If you, you know, if you had a great hunt, awesome. If it didn't, you know, get them next week, but man, any more like just with, you know, there's so much stuff to do with, with, you know, the, the content needs of, of partners and stuff like that with everything that's going on with social media and, and digital stuff. And, and along with the television show, there's, there's a lot of stuff to be done and that has to be done. And that has to make sure that it gets done while you're on these trips. And, you know, for me, like, and Hosey will be, you know, he'll tell you, like, I, I'm always thinking, like, I, I can't, I got one of those minds that's like, it never, it never fully shuts off. So, I'm always thinking, what do we need to be doing? What do we got to get done? You know, who who needs this? Who needs that? And that's the part, that's the only part that really, you know, creates any kind of stress. I mean, the hunting part, just like Cozy said, I mean, we love, we love to hunt and they're going to win more times than not. And that's fine. I mean, that's just, that's just hunting. So, um, I don't, I just don't want to, I don't want to like come across that this, the hunting part is the stressful part by any means, because that's, you know, that's the fun part for us. We love it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with, with all that, how do you, how do you guys split up, um, who, who does what, when it comes to, uh, comes to all of it, you know, when it comes to, uh, well, usually up- Randy comes in, he looks at like cameras, sees where the biggest deer elk is. And then he's like, yeah, I'll probably just have that one. Uh, you know, I just go at that. Like that's mostly how they go. Like, hey man, let's name that one bird. You know what I'm saying? No, but you can hunt. You want to hunt that one? Yeah, that's kind of how most hunts go. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the splitting got start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a lot, it's a lot it's a lot to get done, man. I mean, we just uh, we try to we try to tag team stuff the best we can, and we try to you know both have good relationships with all of our partners so we're always checking in on them seeing what they need seeing what we can do and i think just you know having that open line of communication with partners is is really the 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 key to everything it kind of makes everything you know go smoothly because at the end of the day you know the, the industry and especially on the television side it's definitely come it's definitely come to a business to where you can't just show up at ata show and hand out you know stick your hand out and say, all right, are y'all re-signing your contract for this year? You know, it's a, it's a full 365 day a year job. And, and that's, and it's an awesome job. We, we're blessed and love it, you know, every day. But at the end of the day too, we, you know, it does, it takes both of us to stay on top of people, make sure that we're, you know, getting stuff done and just kind of double checking each other. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I could imagine, you know, with, with everything uh, that, man, you know, because it's not like you, you just hunt 
one hunt a year and only have one partner to make happy. So I could imagine there's a hell of a lot of stuff to get done. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely always something to be done for sure. So, well, with, with that, how do you guys typically try and go on most of your hunts together throughout the year? Or do you spend most of the time, you know, one of you goes to Iowa and the other goes to Ohio? Like how, do, how does yeah, that try to do? We try to do as much as we can. As far as, as who goes where and, and if we do majority of them together. Yes. You kind of broke up there, Zach. Yeah, yeah. How does how yeah. does that uh, how does that dynamic work uh, as far as you know both of you? Because obviously, you guys are great friends. You probably would prefer to have both of you on every single hunt, but as time lends and family lends and kids and everything, that doesn't always work out. So, how do you guys kind of divvy that up? Yeah, we do. We we do the majority. We try to do the majority of them together, just for. You know, number one, we like to hunt together, be in camp together, but I think it makes for stronger episodes too, because if you, you know, if you've seen any of our episodes over the years, a lot of, a lot of our episodes, the content, as far as the camp life and stuff like that is, you know, we pretty much act like brothers. So we're always back and forth, always on each other. And it makes for, you know, it makes for some good reality in the, in the, uh, in the show, because honestly it is true reality. So we're usually not having to make anything up. It, it's just, it, it's happening organically. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, and that just goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning, right? Like Because it's authentic and organic, that's why people enjoy to watch what you put out, you know? <laughs> right. Well, Well, hunting, you know, hunting and everything, you know, when it comes to, something as pure as hunting in the outdoors it needs to be authentic there's enough fake in the world today and there's enough avenues that you can really? you can apply fake you know and it seems like hunting should stay real <laughs> hunting should stay authentic and stay real to how pure it is you know what i mean it we all love it too much to ever disrespect it and let it be anything other than authentic and real to how much we absolutely love it yep yeah there's some fake in the world i mean you know it's not like people can <laughs> You know, fake things out in today's society. <laughs> no, I've never heard of an Instagram filter. <laughs> oh, what's that term, fake news? I hear that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, with with your guys' hunts, um, do you do you own some property that you typically hunt? Do you try and hunt leases? Do you hunt mostly public land? What what do you guys focus focus on as far as you know the 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 land aspect of your hunting? We're kind of all across the board, honestly. I mean, we awesome. uh, we rely on some outfitters that we've had you know good relationships with over the years that we go back to, especially out west and stuff like that uh, for our western stuff, and then. You know, in the Midwest, we've got we've got some stuff that we own. We got stuff that we lease. Posey's got you know some stuff that he leases out there in Pennsylvania, and then we hunt with we hunt with a couple outfitters in the Midwest as well. So we're kind of honestly we're kind of all across the board. Um, we do as much as we can on our own stuff, but there's always you know with him and I being the only two basically that's hunting. We you know we got to do a fair amount of traveling out of state too, and you know trying to have you know where you live plus out of state it just all of it so we found over the high connections as far as relationships with 
you know, the right outfitter. Sometimes it's better to go that route. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it's, it still amazes me, you know, the outdoor industry. I mean, obviously connections are, are in every industry um, out there, but it it's crazy to me. You know, maybe maybe it's because the industry's so small. I I don't know, but for the most part, it seems like everybody is so willing to help everybody. It's just it's just kind of crazy. What's that now? As far as help, it what'd you say? I, I was I was saying that yeah, I think it's kind of uh, crazy in the industry how willing people are to to help everyone, and and how willing they are to you know make help people with connections or help people with with whatever else it's just i mean i've seen a lot of uh, oh, yeah, the industries industry, and stuff it, and it, yeah it's crazy yeah. it's not like that <laughs> the industry the hunt industry has got a lot of good people in it man there ain't no doubt about that i mean and and honestly i mean if it wasn't for you know some of those people helping out along the way and helping out with us we wouldn't be where we're at you know so we try to we try I know we try to return the favor where we can for sure because like I said, I mean if it wasn't for those people doing the same for us whenever we were getting started, we wouldn't be where we're at. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you guys uh you know, looking looking at some of your pictures and stuff like that, uh, do you guys prefer to archery hunt or do you do you really have a preference? I mean, I I love the I I love the archery hunt as much as anybody, but you know, I'll I'll pick I'll be the first one to pick up a rifle too and squeeze that trigger. I, I don't really I don't discriminate against anything, to be honest with you. I just I love being out there and, and love hunting whatever whatever's in season wherever. So I'm the <laughs> same way. Whatever like at all. Yep, I'm the same way. That yeah, me too. I, I tell people I'm like, look, I'm not allergic to a rifle. Like <laughs> I like it all. There's nothing wrong with a little firepower. Well, as far as as far as your archery setup goes, um, because I think it's 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 obviously different than a rifle, correct? You know, um, do you do you change anything on your setup when you're hunting, say, whitetails from the tree stand, as opposed to when you come out to Wyoming and you're hunting in Wyoming? Is there anything different about your guys' archery setup? I usually try to keep my stuff as consistent across the year as I can. I, I don't like to swap, you know, try to swap up any, any more than I have to during the season. So I usually try to, you know, get something that works for pretty much everything and stick to it pretty I'm well the, the whole way. season. I'm the same way. Well, that's awesome. That's all. So with that, what, what does each one of your guys's uh, archery setup look like going into the year? And, well, I, we'll start there, and then I'll ask some questions pertaining to that. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're both shooting the new Matthews VXR, the 31 and a half, and uh, I'm loving that bow, man. That's, that's To me, it's, it's one of the best bows they've ever put out, and so I'm, I'm getting really comfortable with that bow, and, and we'll probably shoot it the majority of the fall, and um uh, you know, as far as arrows and stuff, we've been shooting the the Easton FMJs. I like those arrows a lot. They're they're a little bit they're a little bit heavier arrow, but they're uh, you know as far as penetration and kinetic energy. I mean, with our setups, they're really performing really nicely. Anything from you know from deer all the way up to you know big bull elk. So 
we've had great luck with them shooting the muzzy uh, HBTI, the the hybrid broadhead, so titanium hybrid. And uh, man, it's it's been pretty flawless. Uh, we use True Glow screws <laughs> on our bows, so it's uh. Oh, did we lose somebody? Still there? No, I'm still here. Huh. <laughs> I think we're still here. Oh, that's good. Somebody said hello, and I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> did you Did you get all that, or was I breaking up? I I heard the majority of it. I kind of lost you at. Uh, it got really. It broke up a bunch when you started say. I think you were saying True Glow. Um, I think. Yeah, I I I don't know if it's. I got good service where I'm at, so I don't know. I don't know who's if it's if it's on your end or our end but uh no i was just saying as far as bow accessories go we're we're shooting true glow accessories and um that combination hosey pretty much shoots the same setup as i do cool. and it's been uh it's been pretty deadly for us yeah that's that's cool because i you know i i agree with you i think messing with a with a setup and i and i've done it before through the middle of the year and it was i look back and i was like man that was sure dumb um but i I think that, you know, messing with the setup or or trying to change something up in the middle of the year is just kind of a pain in the butt. And uh, Yeah, I, I like to get comfortable with it and just leave it. Yeah. Especially absolutely. for like the longer range the longer range stuff. You know, I mean if you have to make an adjustment mid season, you know, if you just have to, it is what it is. But I think that when you spend a lot of your summer and the off season shooting you know, when you get out to those longer shots, you know, the 60, 70, 80 type yard shot, that's where you really want that confidence. You know, even even 40 plus, you know, the, you, you can make some adjustments and still feel confident. But like for me, I feel like in my mind, you know, it, those longer range shots are where my confidence is throughout the off season um, and, and why I like my setup to stay how I've shot, you know, in practice. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, like you mentioned with those longer range shots. It's crazy how something so minimal, and you're off twenty inches at seventy yards or whatever. You know, it's just crazy. Exactly. Well, wicked. So you guys, you mentioned that you guys are about to head out this direction to Wyoming. Um, are you guys uh, hunting elk or deer here or antelope? Uh, we're hunting whitetail. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yep. Do you do you know if you guys are gonna spot and stalk them, or are you guys gonna hunt them out of tree stands? No, we'll probably hunt tree stand and blinds. Cool. Cool. Yep. Uh, do, are when do you guys typically drive here for that, or do you try and fly? Um, it probably just is going to depend on what we have kind of lined up. We're waiting to see on some dates. We're going to go to Montana as well. We got Montana tags. Oh, cool. We'll wait to see if we're going to do that right after the Wyoming hunt or a little bit later. So we're, we're trying to we're trying to kind of shuffle all that around right now uh, to see what our, our actual travel plans are going to be. Cool. So with when, when you guys t- fly to a hunt, because I've flown to several hunts, and once you shoot something, getting the meat back is kind of a real pain in the butt. <laughs> um, yeah, usually – Normally we drive. I mean, one of us usually drives pretty much everywhere, so we gotcha. have a we have a good way of, of bringing stuff back. Because, like you said, man, you get somewhere and 
when you fly, it's, it's kind of a pain in the butt getting it back, especially if you, you know, if you shot an elk or something like that. So right. we, uh, just a little we bit normally have a truck and trailer. What's that? I said an elk is just a little bit of meat, right? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 You get one of them babies on the ground. You, you're going to be eating for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I would definitely love to have you guys back on the podcast. Um, I just had one last question I have because it's, it's always curious to me. As you know, starting a business is not easy, uh, let alone it being a business in the outdoor industry where I, I would assume that a, a very large percentage of hunters would love to make that their lifestyle, right? I think that's kind of the dream. Um, what would you, what would you guys say that your biggest hurdle was to overcome in – you know, now you guys are 10 years into headhunters. Like what, what would you say the biggest hurdle to overcome was for, for you guys to be, to be where you are today? I, I mean, I don't, I'll let Hosey answer as well, but I think, you know, as far as from the business side and the show side and getting it off the ground and getting people kind of, you know, bought into what we were doing. I think in my opinion, the biggest hurdle we had was our age at the time, because we started this thing, you know, we were in our mid twenties. Right. And, you know, even though we were, we were proven hunters and, and, you know, we, we had been, you know, very successful on the hunting side. It's hard sometimes to come across, you, you know, you're in a, you're in a funky spot whenever you're at that age, because you can't really, you can't really come across like you're trying to teach people because it's hard to get people to buy into what you're doing. If you're trying to teach at that age, because they just, you haven't built that credibility with them yet and you haven't proven yourself to outside people yet. So it's, it, it, you're in a tough spot because you really can't go that route. So you've almost got to go from, you know, just the entertaining side and, and showing people who you are and that you love it. And that's kind of the road that we took. But even then it's still a bit of a hurdle just to build those relationships and enough relationships to make it work from a business standpoint of uh you know when you're getting started in your mid-20s because it just it takes time to build that credibility within people that's uh that's you know partnering with you and that you're depending on for your livelihood yeah i would agree with brandy on that i think it's just you know like with anything you've got to earn earn people's respect and and that's a good thing i think that you know with hunting and with different things you know you want to earn respect in life and in things that you do so it takes time and you know you got to keep your faith trusting God and know the path you're on and just, you know, do what you do, you know, be authentic in anything that you do. And if it's real and if you're authentic at it and you love it, you'll succeed, you know, and just kind of take your time with it and and let it grow, uh, you know, organically. And I think that's what we've done. You know, like I said, from the start, it was never about going out to say, Hey, we got a TV show, man, I'm a good hunter. That (laughs) never was in our mind. You know, the idea was we have a TV show and, and we're thankful to promote the outdoor industry and uh, promote hunting and the sport that we all love because, uh, you know, first and foremost for us is we want people to know we love it and, and love it just like they do. That That's I, – I couldn't agree with, with both of your answers anymore, honestly, because it's just like being true to yourself and then being able to just stay who you are. and And as long as you start doing that, like you say, you guys are going – you're going to go through the process of – earning respect and then once that happens um all you got to do is continue being yourself and that's the easiest thing to do out there is just be yourself and that's it that that's awesome 
That's awesome. Well, guys, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time out this morning to hop on the podcast. Uh, like I said, it would be awesome to have you guys back on maybe partway through the season or at the end of the season and just just talk about whatever we talk about. You know, hear about your guys' season, and trials, tribulations, misses. I mean, I never miss <laughs> like five or 20 times a year. <laughs> but it'd just be fun to maybe maybe talk some hunting stories. That'd be a good time. Thank you for listening in. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. We hope to have you tuning in for the next episode.